do you remember the 21st night of September? I hope so. That was just last night. There could be problems if you don't remember it. Do you remember? Hearts ringing, souls singing, dancing at September. Do you remember? What does love remember? I remember middle school. Things began to change just a bit. <laughs> Suddenly, a world that was there the whole time just seemed to open up. And I wasn't sure how, I hadn't noticed it before, but there was suddenly this passion that was awakened in me, and I realized how much I loved sports. Suddenly, I would watch it on TV. You thought I was going somewhere else. Suddenly, I uh, would watch it on TV, listen to the radio, read all the things I could on it. So what does love remember? I began collecting baseball cards, I remember that, and I would pour over those cards and, and read all the statistics on the back because, you know what, this was before Google and Wikipedia and ESPN.com, just putting all that information into my brain. And so I could remember batting averages and RBI and ERA and home runs, ba-di-ya, ba-di-ya, ba-di-ya. It was all just locked in there. I don't remember any of that now. I can't seem to recall any of those details, which may be uh, not a good report for myself and what the future may bring. But it got me thinking about that concept of remembering. What is it that we remember? You see, I think that we keep a different kind of stats stored away in the memory bank. See, we remember and keep mental record of different sorts of things. You see, we remember, I'm sure, how many times we've been the ones who've had to replace the toilet paper. We remember the many times that a roommate or a suite mate or a neighbor has been too loud or left a mess or in many other ways been completely and obscenely discourteous to us. Students, I'm sure you can remember the times that you have felt that a professor has been unclear or unfair in their expectations or when you have felt wronged or dismissed by others. In faculty and staff, I'm sure you can easily remember the times that you have felt that your professionalism has been disrespected or that your compassion has been taken advantage of. See, all of this comes with having a sense of what we believe is right and wrong. And it comes with a sense of having a desire for that which is good or just. It's why, for example, that if someone were to cut us off on the freeway or go speeding by us at a rate that seems unsafe, we may kind of hope that there's a hidden patrol car just up ahead. And we might, perhaps, feel just a twinge of joy if we were to see that person pulled over to the side of the road. It's why we may be ready to unfriend someone on Facebook or unfollow them on Twitter if they have done something to hurt us or have posted something that we disagree with. It's why we tend to not really speak about politics as being a difference of opinion, but instead we respond with moral outrage at those on the opposite side of an issue. You see, we remember all of these things. We remember all these things that make up a personal history, or a family history, or maybe even the history of, of other people that we feel have been marginalized or mistreated. And we keep those stored away and we carry them with us. And regardless of what others may know or understand about those histories, 
we remember it and it shapes how we react or respond to them in a moment or in a situation. Because we remember. And each of us does this in our own ways, in our own situations. We remember. We keep track of. We keep a record. Like the backside of a baseball card, maybe not in print, but imprinted upon our hearts and upon our minds. Maybe not with statistics and achievements, but we keep track of injustices and imperfections. But that's really only how we treat everyone else around us. You see, we treat ourselves more like the front side of the baseball card. A glossy, touched-up photo that captures that all-star smile or captures a moment of us in all of our amazing glory. See, if we were moved to a metaphor of life being like a race, We raise the hurdles of everyone else's lane to about four feet while lowering ours to six inches. Or whatever height is just high enough so it looks like we're still racing but can easily clear those expectations. You see, we want a world that is just and right. But we also want a double standard. Because it would be too difficult for us to deal with a full and accurate record of all of our sins of all of our wrongs, of all that we have done against others. See, what is it that we really want remembered? And as we think about all that that would be overwhelming, even if we're just talking about us with regards to our fellow humanity. But in a world where it is terrifying to think that there is a record of every Facebook post, of every text message, of every digital photo, of every internet click that we have ever participated in, in some digital cloud that exists, it is even more overwhelming to think of coming to terms with the one who made the heavens, created the earth. And so it's easier to just live and act and think and believe as if the one who made us has no claim over us, has no ability to speak what is right with regards to our lives. That the one who is holy and righteous has no place to declare what is good and just in the world. It isn't really because we don't think he should or that he does. It's because we're afraid of what our record would show. It scares us to honestly think about what justice would mean for each and every one of us. And so we set him aside when he becomes inconvenient. We place our will above his because in actuality we are self-absorbed. We disregard him as God because we want to hold that place in our own lives. Because, Because we are broken and our relationship with him is broken. So my friends, we are not the first. As we look through the story of humanity, from the time that sin first entered into the world, people have been failing to hear and see the God of creation. That they have broken themselves and they are broken in their relationship with him. But the entire time, he has always been at work to redeem us, to call us back to him, to make us whole, and to make us right in our relationship with him as well as in our relationship with one another. 
And so that's why as we take a look of, of, of the expanse of Scripture, when we come to a place like Isaiah 43, 25, we're seeing that he says, I am he who blots out your transgressions. He says, I remember your sins no more. Now we have to realize this. This is not because God suddenly has amnesia. It's, he is omniscient. He knows all things. But you see, this is the beauty of the gospel message that Jesus Christ came into the world to bring. Is that God knows everything that we have ever done that is wrong. And yet in Jesus Christ, he chooses not to hold a single one of them against us. And so maybe the question we need to ask is not what does love remember, but what does it not remember? See, I remember hearing a story from a preacher and author, David Platt. Maybe you've heard of him. And he tells this story. He says it's an old story about a wealthy Englishman who bought a Rolls Royce for a lot of money. And it was advertised as a car that would never, ever, 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 ever break down. So he bought the car for a hefty price. And he was driving that car one day when it breaks down. And he's in another country. He's in France. And so he calls Rolls Royce and he says, yes, so you know that car that you said would never, ever break down? It broke down. And so they fly a mechanic on a helicopter to his location. And they fix it on the spot. And then they leave, and he goes on his way, and a couple months goes by, and he hasn't gotten a bill. And so it's not every day that a mechanic will fly to you and to fix your car. I'm sure we all wish that would be the case. And so he's expecting a bill, a hefty bill, and he just wants to get it behind him. He has the means and the way to be able to pay for it. And so finally he just calls up Rolls Royce, and he says, Are you guys going to send me a bill for what you did to fix my car? And the Rolls-Royce representative says this. They said, we are sorry, sir, but we have absolutely no record of anything having ever gone wrong with your car. <laughs> what a wonderful scandal it is that because of Jesus and his death on the cross for you and for me, the God of the universe would look at your life and my life and he would say to us, I have absolutely no record of anything having gone wrong with you. We've been walking through 1 Corinthians 13 and all that it does to talk about love. And it says a lot of things about what love is. But one of the things it tells us is that love keeps no record of wrong. That could never be more truthfully said than in what we have seen for us in the person of Jesus Christ who laid down his life on the cross in order that love would be able to be exhibited and demonstrated to each one of us. And it's the words that God uses to call each and every single one of us into a community with one another. How it is that he desires that love shown to us to be lived out in the midst of us this morning. That love keeps no record of wrong. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we are sorry because we know we are a sinful people. And we rejoice and give thanks because of the love that you have for each and every one of us and the love that you have shown to, you, to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray that you would help us to remember that love daily.
and that in that love, to be mindful of those around us, that knowing that we have nothing to think about or worry about or fret about with regards to our standing before you, that we would be a people more willing to not keep a record of the wrongs that others do against us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.